When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast. It's me, John Basto, your host as always. Going to be joined by another guest host on today's episode, who I will introduce shortly. But before we get into proceedings for today's episode, just want to give a big shout out to the sponsors for the podcast, Bear Attack Boxing. And as always, you hear me talk about them every single week. They're providing high quality boxing gloves. And as I said in the last episode, they've told me that they're going to be introducing hand wraps, focus pads, looking at shields, all sorts of other equipment that are going to be coming out very very shortly and I'm really excited to see the the level of stuff that they're starting to bring to the game and it's a very very difficult market to get into so you know we're really glad to support them as they support us on this journey I need you to go over have a quick look at what they do if you like it purchase a pair they are really quality stuff it's www.bearattackboxing.co.uk attack boxing on twitter and bear attack boxing on facebook and instagram and before you get into the episode as well why don't you come and follow us? Subscribe on Podbean. Thank you to those that have subscribed this week. Thank you to those that are already subscribed. If you're an Apple Podcast user, go on there, but leave a rating. Don't forget about that because it's massively important to us. Us being independent, a truly independent podcast, we need the support of you, the listeners. So... This is the weekend preview. We're going to be getting in to what's going on this weekend. We've got a big bill from Matrim Boxing in Liverpool. Some decent fights on it and I am quite excited to talk about that. There is a couple of other events going on across the world that I think we'll be touching on. I think it's going to be quite an interesting conversation today because my guest I'm going to be bringing on is one of my writers for Eat, Sleep, Boxing, Repeat, which is Mr Gregory Doyle. I'm going to bring you on to the 
episode shortly, but just giving you sort of a brief background, Greg covers a lot of the stuff up in Scotland for us, uh, he's doing a fantastic job putting himself out there and he's a big supporter of what we do and he, he wanted to come on, you know, well, Jordy Neal's away, it was a perfect opportunity for some of the other guys to sort of get their views and opinions out on the air. And me and Greg have a lot of banter all the time off the air and over WhatsApp and, you know, we're both... We've both got a lot of the same interests in terms of what we like to watch on the telly and, you know, sports and all that type of stuff. So we always have a good bit of banter. So I said to him today, before recording this, that I'm going to give him a big introduction. And this, this <laughs> I'm laughing already because I know what's coming. Uh, I don't know how you guys will take it, the listeners, but this is just mine and sort of Greg's sense of humour. But yeah, this is this is the big introduction. So I'd like to get onto the show today, our guest host for the episode. Mr. Gregory Doyle. So here he is, the villain, Mr. Gregory Doyle. Greg, you know what? It's finally great to get you on this podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Fantastic, Sean. Thanks very much for having me on. I've been so excited all day. I felt like I'm back in school again. It's something I've always wanted to do. Just thoroughly look forward to it and thank you again for having me on. No, you know what? It's an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Honestly, like we chat all the time about boxing, and we're, you know, you're writing articles and you're doing all sorts of various bits and bats to do with boxing. And I think it's great that we've finally got this opportunity to to, to hash it out and talk about stuff that's current, stuff that's been going on, boxing that's coming up this weekend. But honestly, it's it's a pleasure as always. And thank you for stepping up and stepping in. And you know, let's uh, let's go with it, man. Let's uh, let's let's get cracking. Um, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about obviously what's going on this weekend. We've got the match room built in Liverpool to talk about. We've got obviously fights across the world that are on that we're going to discuss. And then, as always, you know we're going to cover off what's been going on in the news and and getting our thoughts on on some of the shit that goes on in the world <laughs> of boxing. And, and there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of it, as you know. Absolutely, absolutely, I certainly do. It's um, I think there's a lot of really interesting talking points. I've been doing quite a bit of um, interview listening the past few days I've been catching up on let's say Wilder's um, press conference with Brazil, Eddie Hearn Shelley Finkel, yep <laughs> we've got a lot to go into <laughs> yeah no absolutely uh, well let's let's get into it then on this, this, you know I was talking right on the episode earlier on this week when we did the recap of the weekend I was talking about yep. the, the Matchroom show at the weekend just gone being probably the best UK Matchroom show we've had so far but I think yep. th- this Liverpool one on Saturday actually you know on paper looks like it could be the best Matchroom UK show of the year so far Absolutely, absolutely. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. I think there's quite a few really interesting fights. Um, I don't know if you've had the chance. Did you catch any of the press conference today? I've seen David Price kicking off. That was the best bit. <laughs> wow, wow. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that you had heard the conference. I quickly done some homework on it before um, we arranged the call tonight, and I didn't know Big Pricey had that in him. What about you? I thought that he was quite a normal, quiet, chill guy, but I think Ali seems to have found something that I don't even know Price knew that he had in himself. It was like watching a Tony Bellew press conference, to be honest. That's what it felt like. It, it was, it was. And you know, <laughs> the funny thing is, I actually heard Price say at one point, it's as simple as that, and I thought, <laughs> I thought, I tell you, that's not price, that's tell you. But 
Yeah, well, I can't believe how much he got under the skin. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like he he doesn't give a fuck anymore because it's he's you know he's at a point of his career where he's had all the adversity now, and you know what what else? What's the worst that can happen to him now apart from him getting knocked out in the ring? There's nothing else that anybody can do to him really, you know, verbally or physically. He's he's had the worst of the worst, and I think. He's just yeah. he's just making it more entertaining by speaking out for a change and, and not just being this clean cut guy. He's, he's he's actually saying what he feels and I I always refer to Anthony Joshua and I always feel there's always been this media persona and then his real persona and when his real persona you see come out when he starts swearing and he starts saying things you wouldn't expect him to say. The same with David Price, really. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have expected him to kick off the way he did at today's presser, but, but you know he's shown for me that's like I think that's the real David Price. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think it's probably something, you know yourself, you can be a nice guy and be a boxer. I mean, you've got your guys like Anthony Carolla, who are just great, great guys to listen to. They, they always say the right things. And I think with a lot of them, it is genuine, but you're not going to tell me for one minute that someone who has chose boxing as a career doesn't have that bit of badness, that bit of spite in them to have a personality like that deep down. And, you know, I can kind of understand where Price is coming from today. As I say, it's you can't go from fighting guys like Povetkin to Christian Hammer. Um, and this is with all due respect to Cash Alley, um, who I'm sure is a good fighter in his own right. But you can't go from fighting guys like Povetkin, Erkin Tepper, Christian Hammer, to then letting someone like Cash Alley just totally rubbish you at a best conference table in your own city. I think it was kind of putting petrol to the fire, I think. But... Um, but yeah, I, it's, I think it's a tough fight, and I'm going to tell you why. I haven't seen much of Ali, but I think it, the reason it's going to be tough, Sean, is it's, it's based on how much this price have left. Has he trained as much as he should have done for this fight? Where does he want to go in his career? You know, it's. I think this fight is close, and it's close depending on what David Price shows up on Saturday. Mm, yeah, I, I agree, and I've had a lot to say on Price over the past 18 months of doing this podcast, and... You know, I've wanted him. I've wanted him to just have that one bit of success as you know, as a fighter, because of the nice guy persona that he's always put across to people. I've always wanted him to do well, but you know, he's just he's you know he's got his chin is suspect basically, and every time he gets hit, he yeah. crumbles or his stamina's failed him, or there's been something or another that's that's let him down from from getting to the potentially you know we seen a few years ago when he was knocking guys out for fun, and I still do genuinely believe that. When he hits you, no matter who you are, he'll hurt you. However, it's whether yep. it's whether he, he can get to you before you get to him. And most of the time, re, most of the time recently, people have been getting to him first, and that's been the problem. And I, I, I don't blame him for having another crack, you know, uh, at this. And I've seen you've seen people come back and fight on for years and and, and whatnot. But this is yeah. for me. He obviously still feels like there's something there left to give. And fair play to him for going in against an unbeaten fighter who's obviously young and hungry and you know thinks like he's going to take a scalp this weekend by by beating a David Price and, and elevating himself to a different level and he's just he's just saying what he's saying to get under his skin like you say and, and give Pricey another reason to come out there and, and, and try and, and swing for the fences and you know that might be Cash Ali's complete undoing we might see a David Price on Saturday where he just literally obliterates him within like a round and you know we're all like oh my god you know is there still something there but in the same yeah. sense he could get caught quite easily and, and we could just be saying you know Pricey now it's time to retire yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that I'm looking at, Sean, as I say, I'm not going to sit and profess to say that I've seen a lot 
of Cash Alley. I've seen the odd clip here and there, but the one that stands out for me, and I'm probably going to pair it to another big fight that's coming up over the next month or so. Cash Alley's got, um, excuse my pronunciation, Kamil Sokolowski on his record. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Sokolowski not the person who recently... Um, he put down Lucas Brown Yeah, yeah When right. Lucas Brown fought in the Kinnock show Now I've seen a bit of that Sokolowski and he looks Even though he's got a losing record He seems like a tough dude He's not a guy who, who comes to roll over You know I mean he stopped Nick Webb He's got a couple of good wins on his record Against different guys that are undefeated and things But Cash Alley's beat him You know and of course if you want to go Places in the sport I'm not going to say that Sokolowski's uh, almost like a gatekeeper to the British scene because he's not, he's not even, with all due respect to him, that good. But he's a tough, tough guy to beat. I think he's going to be there all night and Cash Alley holds a win over him. That was an interesting point so actually on what we're discussing just now. That get brought up in the press conference today and I didn't see the fight. But David Price said that Sokolowski beat him and didn't get the decision. There was a bit of an exchange there but I would be interested to go back and watch that one if I can find some footage of it. But I don't know if you heard about that yourself, that it was a close fight between Ali and Sokolowski. I don't know if you had heard anything about that, man. No, no, I've never, I've never caught, I've never, I'll be honest with you, I've never caught it. So it's hard, it's, again, it's difficult for me to sit here and say, you know, we can, can I judge Cash Ali based on that? I, I can't at the moment. From what I've seen of him, I've only, yeah. I've only seen clips like you, so I can only make an assessment based on that and, and whatever game plan he comes out with on fight night on Saturday night. And, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, we seem to have kind of started the matching bill with not even the headline event we're talking about David Price versus <laughs> Cash Ali when actually this is all about Liam well I'd say it's all about Liam Smith and Egginson but I don't think it is I think the fight for me on this card no. that I'm more interested in talking about is Anthony Fowler and Scott Fitzgerald oh mate what has been going on there have you have you seen some of the, oh, yeah. the Twitter stuff back and forward? Oh, Jesus! You, I mean, it's brutal. I've seen some of this stuff and I thought, fuck me. But see, the other night, I don't know if you read it, where um, and I, I quote <laughs> Scott Fitzgerald: "Everyone has been rogering your missus while you've been in camp." Jesus Christ! I mean, talk about getting personal. <laughs> Yeah, no, they really, they really they hate, hate each other. Yeah. I, I feel like there is a genuine. There's no. It doesn't feel like it's all for for social media anymore. No. I actually do think no. there, there really is a bit of bad blood between these two. Yep, I do. I do. I agree. I totally agree with you. And you know, I think that Fowler has got and Fitzgerald said. And there's a part of me. I don't know why. It's not that I dislike Fowler. I mean, I respect the guy a lot. He's won the Commonwealth Games, done well in the Olympics, etc. The Kazakh that he came up against. I don't know if it was the world the guy that went on and won I think he won it pretty sure he did I've not heard of that guy since that guy was phenomenal to beat Fowler I mean he absolutely toyed with Fowler and Fowler was a great amateur I remember when I was coming through myself as an amateur I remember looking at some of the records on you know yourself you get like the amateur boxing scenes and it tells you the try and match some kids and things on there I remember looking at Anthony Fowler's record when he was like I think he was something like 76 wins and 6 or 7 losses or something like that time I think I remember thinking to myself wow I wonder what that guy's going to do now I'm going back to I'm probably going back 14 or 15 years when I seen that record and I thought that's unbelievable like I've never seen an amateur record like that before bear in mind I was only a young kid but I always remember seeing Fowler's name and thinking I wonder what he's going to do in the sport I wonder if that guy will ever turn professional if he'll ever get somewhere and it's just it's crazy to think that we're at that age now where he is on Sky Sports and he is doing good things but if I was to go one way on Saturday I think Sean that he's 
I think he's maybe got in Fitzgerald's said, and I think I can see him stopping Fitzgerald quite clinically, if I'm being honest with you, but I just hope it's a good fight. That's what we all hope for. Regardless yeah. of who wins, you just want to see a great fight. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I am genuinely looking forward to this particular fight more than anything, and although obviously Smith and Eggington are the, are the headline acts, this feels like yeah. more, more like it's going to be the show stealer, to be honest. And and I think because, yeah. of, because I think because right of the way it's been built up, the social media stuff, the tweets at each other, the the insults in the press conferences everywhere. It's you would actually think this is the the main event. You, you forgetting that William Smith, you know, a former world champion, you know, formerly been in with Canelo, is now fighting Sam Eggington, yeah. who was once considered a potential uh, prospect to move on to to possibly even sort of world title level at one point so yeah. you forget that Absolutely. this is, you forget that this is the main event you're more interested in seeing this and this fight is is exciting to watch because we're both you know we're both fighters i've watched both of the careers and i've watched them both come up and you know i genuinely feel like this is a very good fight on paper and it's a very it's very much uh, a well-matched fight a well you know a really good stage of the careers both of them they've both had adversity in some of their fights and they both overcame and and most recently, yep. most recently for Fitzgerald, it was against Craig Morris. You know, he did struggle a little bit with Craig Morris, and uh, he got hurt in that particular fight. And that's where I seen some sort of defensive frailties with him. And then Anthony Fowler, as you said, he struggled. Uh, he has struggled in 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 some of his professional fights as well. He's made them a little bit harder than what they needed to be, but yeah, he still manages yeah. to find a way to to, to win. So it's a, it is a very yeah. much it, for me. It's very much a pick and fight, and it's it's really who you like as a, as a fighter. And I I've got to be honest, like I'm I'm still struggling to sort of determine who I think will win this fight. And I'm I'm not saying I've, I've never been fantastic with predictions, but I I if I'm going to take myself off that fence and say who's going to win, I think Fowler might just have a little bit too much for Fitzgerald. To be honest, I think. Yeah. His his pedigree, um, I think he's just got that extra little bit more in the tank than what Fitzgerald has, and I do see Anthony Fowler maybe stopping him. It's a ten round contest. I think it's going to be a potential eight or ninth round stoppage. You know, with this particular fight, I think it's yeah. going to be a really good fight. They're going to grind each other down. They're going to get really tired. We're going to see some some exciting times, and uh, we're going to see a stoppage. And you know that's the way I'd like it to go down in my head and that's the way I kind of see it going down we could be completely yeah, wrong absolutely. we could be completely wrong and we could see a completely different fight but it is the fight for me that I am most excited for this weekend yeah yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you I think see the biggest bit that, that jumps out to me Sean is one of the jibes that's been going back and forth between them is and that's as well known in the boxing world I think Fitzgerald is a little bit tight at the weight I think he always is a little bit tight at the weight and I'll be honest, the more that Fowler's careers went on, he's impressed me more. There's something very similar in the style. I don't know if it's how slow he looks at times, but he reminds me a bit of Carol Fitch. There's something about him, the way that he moves, that reminds me a little bit of the Cobra. Um, I think, see, the, how cooked Fowler is to the body, and with Fitzgerald supposedly struggling to make weight, I think that could be a big 
big, big, um, a big talking point ahead of Saturday. But listen, I'm not going to sit here and sound like, oh, I think Fowler's going to do it. I don't think it's going to be a problem, etc. Fitzgerald didn't win a Commonwealth gold as well for nothing. Yeah, you know, the the boys clearly got ability. He does bang a bit. I mean, I think he's. I think only two of his fights have went the distance. I think he stopped everybody else. I think he's someone is not like eleven out of eleven with nine stops. Someone along the lines of that. So he can bang and he's got boxing ability. So you might be right at this present moment in time. I'm thinking Fowler mid rounds at the latest, but. I would not be one bit surprised, like you say, if it if it goes on late and Fitzgerald finds something in himself that maybe we've not seen in the pro ranks before. So, you know, I think you might have a good point there, Sean. I think maybe I'm overlooking some of the things that we should maybe be looking at a little bit more closely. Well, we'll see, mate. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, looking through the depths of this card in general, it's a, it's a very good card. And just looking through oh, it as I'm, spe- as I'm speaking to you now, we've not even spoke about Lean Smith, Sam Eggington. We've also got Joe Hughes yep. and Robbie Davis Jr., which is... Obviously, the British super lightweight title and European super lightweight title there. Uh, that that's going to be a cracking fight as well. That's I'm just thinking actually now. The more I look at the, the more I look at it as I'm speaking to you, the more I'm thinking actually this is going to be you know pretty good value for money. If if you know if he was paying for it, even though we're not, if you're yeah. paying for this, you'd probably think this is actually worth it because you've got Joe Hughes, Robbie Davis Jr., Liam Smith, Sam Eggington, you've got Anthony Fowler, Scott yeah. Fitzgerald, Price and Cash Harley, and then you've also got Philip Bowles against Tom Farrell as well, which is for the Commonwealth Super Lightweight title. So. It's actually, yeah. uh, on paper, like I said at the start of the show, it's looking like it could be Matchroom UK's best show of the year to date. And, and, you know, that's been something that's played heavily on my mind and I've mentioned it a few times so far this year, which yeah. I think the quality of the shows in the UK have really, really slacked because of what they're trying to do over in the USA. So this would really give them something back UK show-wise. Um so let's go on to that Liam Smith Sam Eggington fight then. And I was surprised when this one got made. What what are you making of the, this fight? Is it is it the right fight for Liam Smith at this point of his career? Um, you know, my thoughts based on us and I thought about it a lot. As I said, I was really looking forward to coming on. I've been really looking forward to it all day. Um, I sat and I really thought about the card in depth today, and I'm going to say it is the right fight for Liam Smith. And the reason being is because. <laughs> I think Eggington is being, and I'm not disrespecting Sam Eggington because I'm a big, big fan of Sam Eggington. I remember when my kids and things were just born and you're shattered and you're trying to stay up at night past half past seven, as you know, <laughs> you know yourself. <laughs> I love watching the Sky Cards and I remember at that point Sam Eggington was getting like a, a bit of a push from Matram and they were trying to build on him. They were relying on the fact that Barry Hearn loves him. He thinks that he's an absolute warrior. But see if you look at him, Sean, over the past couple of years, he's not had a decent win since 2017. Mm. Um, he lost for the European title to Mamoun. He then beat a couple of, with all due respect, journeymen. He then lost to Mecanuel. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, that was a bit of a shock. That was a fight he was expected. I think that was one of his first ones at the middle. And he was expected to win. He didn't. He got into a bit of a toe-to-toe battle, got stopped. Um, and then he had a fight in February against Sam Amidi and he won in points. So he's not been greatly active on the big scene for a year or two, and I think that that's I think that's going to be a big a big telling point come Saturday. I think Liam Smith just might be getting him at the right time. It's a good fight. I mean, you've got to remember about Sam Eggington, right? A fact that not a lot of people bring up about him. He's still only twenty five. 
easy. And think about it's what easy. think about the yep. fights he's been involved in so far. Yeah. Yeah, the the Frankie Gavin Absolutely. fight. That Frankie Gavin fight, man, you know, that will stick out in my memory as well. Oh. Like one of the great fights of that year and you know Fantastic. Uh, yes, he's always been a very limited fighter and I've always seen him as he reminds me of what Ritson's like at the moment. Ritson had this aura of invincibility about him until he got beat off Patera yeah. recently. And then, you know, I, I spoke about it on the episode on Monday night, which was, I feel like he's he's, he's blasted his way through so many opponents, which is what Eggington was doing. And then he got to a point where he fought, yeah. fought somebody who was able to able to box his way through the fight, as opposed to just trying to trade with Eggington. And, you know, Eggington lost that fight to Mimume, and that's because Mimume outboxed him completely on the night and shown something more than just standing in front of him and walking forward in straight lines that's what he's shown and it happened again with um, uh, McQuarnio uh, rec- obviously recently as of last year he came out he was very unorthodox he threw shots from the hip he were throwing him over the top he was he was so unorthodox it was untrue and you know, obviously it was a shock for Eggington. He wasn't expecting yeah. what was happening. And, and we've seen what Eggington's like. He just likes to, to leave his chin out there. He likes to, the whole bravado side of things at times. And, and, and yeah. this this time it didn't pay off. Uh, and obviously now he's got a huge opportunity to, to get a massive a massive domestic name on his record in Liam Smith, who obviously Liam Smith in the past five fights that he's had, he's, he's fought Alvarez and then he's fought most recently losing on a unanimous decision to Munguia. So he's yeah. fought he's fought two of the, the biggest stars, you know, in America and, and obviously Alvarez he's been classed as one of the biggest in the world. So he's had some he's had some great fights. He beat Liam Smith twice in the midst of all that as well. So he's thirty now, so he's gonna want to really push on to get another shot at a world title if possible in the super welterweight division. So he has to beat Sam Eggington. He, he's a must-win for him, really, because if he doesn't, for me, I, we, we're struggling to sort of see Liam Smith up at the the world level again. And, and you know, really, yeah. then where does he want to go from there? So it's a risky fight, to be honest with you. I think for Smith and a very much, it's a big, it's a win-win fight for Eggington either way. Because if he loses, he's still young enough to come back again yeah. uh, and, and, and do something in the sport again whereas Smith for me he's, he's knocking on now he's in his 30s and is he ever going to get another shot if he loses this I, I don't know I mean yeah. his, his brother used to get a shot all the time as a voluntary but you know I don't think <laughs> I don't I don't think Liam Smith's going to get the same you know deck of cards handed to him I think what do you think about it do you yeah. think it's do you think it's a risky fight for Liam I do, and the reason being is because, like, I think you made a fantastic point a minute ago, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but it was a great point. You made a great reference to Ritson and Eggington being very much alike, and they are, because Ritson and Eggington went through, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to try and butter it up too much, almost like a period of... Um, in this country, domestic invincibility, where they were beating guys that were probably seen as relatively tough fights, like Frankie Gavin, like um, Glenfoot, etc. And the, Eggington was walking through these kind of guys, but I do agree with you. I think it is a risky fight. I do believe that Liam Smith should come through. I think it might be a fight that's been made at the right time, but I think it's going to be a tough, tough fight for Liam Smith, and I'll tell you why, because I, I don't, as we spoke about the press conference today, um, Sam Eggington looked healthy to me. He looked like a guy who didn't have a care in the world, but a nice not care in the world. He looked relaxed totally, like, I know I'm here, I know I'm expected to get beat, but we'll see what happens on Saturday. And I think, especially with Smith coming off of the, the Mungia boss, 
this is his first fight back since then. So how much has that fight taken out of Smith? Has it taken anything out of him? Is it going to drive him on to have that other shot? So I agree with what you say, actually. I think that there is an element of it's a very, very risky fight for Smith to come back to the UK as Matrim's newest, one of the newest signings to look good, to propel himself back to world stage. So I, th- I think it might, <laughs> I think it might catch fire quite quick, but it's, the big talking point for me is, like we spoke about when you were talking about the way that um, Eggington was swinging the punches at uh, McCann mode, they were reckless, wild. I think if he does that on Saturday, Liam Smith will take him apart quite quickly. So he's going to need to be very careful with that Eggington, but I don't want to see Eggington box very nervously either. I think he needs to be the Sam Eggington that we've always known. He comes forward, tight defence, throws lots of punches, and he kind of tries to draw Smith into a fight. I think that's... I think that's his best chance if he can do that. Yeah, I agree. It's his best chance to win the fight, personally, for me. And I think Liam Smith's shown, though, he can fight on the inside. I think the fights with Williams... You think about them fights with Williams and what Williams has gone on to do since then. That makes them wins for Liam Smith look even better, I think, because of the way Williams has has come back. And he obviously demolished, you know, Manchester's own Mark Heffron, who has been touted as a a big star for a long time in, in this neck of the woods. And he dismantled Mark and... And then he went on and obviously... Uh, who, who did he fight in his last fight? And he dismantled quite recently. Um, um, it was Joe Mullinder. Yeah, Mullinder, that's the one. And he just dismantled him. And I tell you what, he now looks a force. And a lot of people yep. are saying the same thing about him. That makes them wins that Liam Smith got over him even better. Although people will sit and say, yep. oh, well, that first fight, you know, that first fight was... He was losing until, you know, the, the cuts happened and all the rest of it. Okay, it's been and gone. At the end of the day, he's got them two wins on his record, Liam Smith. Them wins look really good now, yep. given what... Um, given what Williams has gone on to do so it's this is a risky risky fight for him but he has been in the trenches like that before against someone who has got a similar style to Egging so he can he can out hustle if he wants to it just depends on, on how they both come out how they adapt the game plans to the fight and it's a very it's a very good fight uh, it, you know it's going to be a really good card and I'm really looking forward to the whole card in general to be honest with you and I think we've got a really good good weekend ahead of us this weekend for boxing as well and uh, he starts tomorrow in fact Tomorrow night, we're recording now, Thursday night, tomorrow night in in Belfast, MTK have got a really good show and they've got a really good headline event with Conrad Cummins and Luke Keeler fighting for the WBO European middleweight title in, in a rematch that they, of their previous fight and that's that's going to be a cracking fight. That's going to be, that's definitely yeah. one to catch on IFL, isn't it, tomorrow night? Yeah, it will be. Um, as I say, it's, it's one of those fights where you know that they're not going to both hide from each other. I think um, Keeler's proved over the past couple of years he's a really, really tough guy. He's had some good wins on his record and things. So I think that's I think that's a card to, to keep a close eye on. And yeah, it's one of those ones where it could propel the winner into something quite big domestically. So it's def- there's definitely a lot for grabs in that fight, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think it'd be a good card. It's a good start to the weekend. And you, I've got to be honest, right, like with MTK's sort of Friday night shows that they're doing... They've, they've re- for me, I don't know about you, but they've really got got onto this market and this gap in the market of of boxing on a Friday night because it feels like every week or every other week MTK have got a show somewhere across the UK and because it's been obviously streamed live through IFL's platform, we're, we've got the ability to watch these these great smaller hall shows and it feels like they've really yep. sort of tapped into that Friday night market and I think that's for me personally as a big fan, it's fantastic because it means I get. To 
to watch more boxing. Absolutely, totally agree with you. They're very, very well run, as you know. Um, I was representing last Friday at the one in Glasgow. Yep. Um, it was a really, really good card. Really good card. Um, some fights that probably shouldn't have been too competitive turned out really competitive. Um, as a fan, you're just thinking, oh, this is great. I know that this guy should be looking potentially too good, but the fact that this has turned into a bit of a fight, it makes for great viewing. And see, based on that, if we talk about the casual fan, Sean, the casual fan doesn't want to tune in. If they go around the houses and say, I don't know, their missus, their partner's out one night, they've got nothing to do. Oh, do you know what? I heard there's a show on YouTube tonight. I'll turn it on. Oh, here's a guy, David Brophy, casual. I, I don't know a lot about him, but do you know what? I'm going to sit and have a couple of drinks. I'm going to watch the boxing tonight. As a casual, you're just hoping to see a really good fight. Yeah. Now, when I was there on Friday, Brophy had a really, really hard fight against this dude, um, foreign dude. And he, he, he was absolutely hard. There was some of the shots that Brophy hurt him with to the body and as you know I was ringside so I could I could read facial expressions and I could see Brophy looking at him at times thinking why are you not going anywhere it, 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 there was times during the fight he was getting so frustrated but there was nothing wrong with what Brophy was doing it's just some of these guys decide some nights you know what I'm really going to show up in a big way tonight this is my this is my chance to, to make myself seen to make myself heard and I suppose that's why you've always got to be switched on whether you're fighting a journeyman or you're fighting a world champion you've always got to think your opponent might have something really big that they're fighting for they might have their own desires and you just never know when someone's going to come in the game and you need to be more prepared than you actually thought that you you had to be and that's kind of what I got from Brophy last Friday not sticking the boot into Brophy at all he done really well he was a deserved winner in the end but it was a really, really tough fight for him, but yeah, sorry, back on point. The <laughs> MPK shows are fantastic. I think that um, how much they are being advertised now and they're going around different cities in the UK, etc. I mean, the one I was at Friday, if it wasn't a sellout, it was really, really close to being. It was it was fantastic. It was a great night. The atmosphere is excellent. All the fighters seem to be really well followed. So it makes for a great atmosphere. So I thoroughly enjoyed it and was delighted to be representing ourselves when we were there. It was a great, great night. Yeah, you know what? I'm really loving what they're doing at the moment. And, and obviously, you know, I've had a really good relationship with them over the past 12 months. You know, they've really started to realise the sort of work we do and, and obviously I have a lot of communications with him and I obviously had Lee Eaton on the podcast for the, the Promoter Life series a couple of months ago at the start of the year and you know he was really great to, was really great to speak to him and obviously get an insight into where he's come from to where he is now and you know the fact that you think about it, the fact that he was promoting white collar charity shows and now he's, he's, he's at every single MTK show and they're just getting bigger and better and you know, it's not going to be long, to be honest with you, before they start sort of being talked about as like the third best promotional company in the UK. I mean, I don't know if people already say that yeah. already, but for, for me, obviously, you've got the top two. And then when you think about who's behind them top two, who, who else do you think of? I mean, I think MTK's the way they're putting frequent shows on and the fact that they're being able to be watched constantly and the, the quality of the fights on the shows are really becoming something to, to, to be desired. And that's why the, people are going to them and that's why tickets... You know, are selling, and it's you know the events are near sellouts, and everyone I've been to have always been great atmospheres. So it's it's yeah. it's it's really good, and I'm you know really pleased that you know we're getting this 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 level of action being broadcast to us. And so off off point from there, then. So it starts tomorrow. We've got that show. We've talked about the Liverpool show uh, across the country in terms of the UK. There's a few small hall shows going on. Um, just going to point out that one of our previous guests on this podcast, Mikey Ellison, he was on our once 
to watch series a few weeks back. He's fighting for the vacant Central Area Super Middleweight title. Uh, that's on Saturday night in Rotherham. That will be filmed because it's in Steffi Bull's promotion, so you will be able to watch that fight on YouTube when it's available. Good luck to Mikey on that one. I'm really looking forward to seeing if he can do the job. And there's a couple of shows on across the country. Another one in, in Blackburn in Lancashire going on with cruiserweight Jack Massey. And the reason I mentioned Jack's name is because he's someone who keeps pushing and prodding to get a fight with Lawrence Okolai, undefeated at the moment, 15-0, and 0, he's really been pushing to try and get this Okolai fight, so for people that listen to the podcast and follow some of the local stuff, you've got a few local shows there to, to catch up on this weekend. Go into the world stuff then, and let's talk about a couple of the fights that are going on across the world. There's one that you're covering for Sleep Boxing Repeats website uh, tomorrow and uh, it's Lejaraga and Avenintian that's going on and talk me through talk me through this one what do you know about this fight do you think it's quite a good fight for for Lejaraga at this stage of his career where he's going yes I do I do um Lejaraga has been a bit of a <laughs> I don't want to say a UK boogeyman but it seems to be that guys who we think now don't get me wrong I wasn't over um I didn't think that Frankie Gavin, especially after the weigh-in, was going to go over and give Lariaga a, a really, really competitive fight. But one person that I did expect to give Lariaga a great fight, and I watched this fight, I remember um, one of my friends came over and we thought, you know what, we're going to sit and we're going to watch this card. And it was Bradley Skeet against Lariaga. And I actually really thought, I hadn't seen a lot of Lariaga. I'd, I'd seen him on, you know the way it is yourself. So when you see some of these guys, if they're not getting mainstream attention, you're stuck with some YouTube clips and yep. seeing what their careers have been like from there. But I'd seen him banging some of these guys out. And I thought, you know what, that boy looks a bit wild. But it looks as though he's got decent power. Bradley Skeet, it, it, it could hurt him. But I'll be honest with you, I really thought that night, I thought I could fight for Bradley Skeet. I think Bradley Skeet could turn this boy over, make himself heard on the world scene a little bit. He absolutely disposed of Bradley and then he disposed of Frankie Gavin as well, as I say. So I think this is a right move at the right time for Larry Aga because having I seen coming through, I mean, as we know, he's been in some really, really big fights himself. He's a really good fighter. I mean, he's still relatively highly ranked in things. Um, Larry Aga he has been inactive for a little bit. He's not fought since February last year, but. I mean, he's former interim world champion. He's fought Shane Mosley, beat Shane Mosley, actually. Um, lost a good fight, close fight to Lamont Peterson. Um, there's a Lithuanian boy who is coming through at the moment. I'm sure he's Lithuanian. And this is where you're going to get a great laugh because I'm really going to try and pronounce this guy's <laughs> name and the listeners are never, ever going to be able to know who he is, even with my pronunciation, but I'm going to give it a good go. It is... Um, Edigidigis Kavaliyasuke. The Kavaliyasuke, I think it is pronounced. <laughs> you stop it. <laughs> and he's he's, he's twenty one and zero at the moment, and he has um, he stopped seventeen of them. He has got a big fight coming up on Saturday as well. But Avanasian lost to him, and I don't think that there's any disgrace in that because I've seen a bit of that boy, and he's he's going to take some beating. Um, but I think it's going to be a really good fight. I think it's a a bit of a pick him because I don't believe that although Josh Kelly is being spoken about as one of the second comings in this country, I don't see Larry Agus, t- sorry not Larry Aga Avanassian's team who, I believe he's got, a, has he not got a UK based team um, yeah, Avanassian, I'm yeah, pretty sure Cal Greaves, Cal Greaves based, promotes him now yes, 
yes, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's right. I remember hearing something. That they're not going to take Josh Kelly and let themselves be embarrassed if they don't think that they, they can do a bit of damage there. So, and at the same time, he's going to Bilbao in Spain as well. And with all due respect to Larry Aga, I'm sure he's not getting mega bucks for going over there, having a scene. So, I don't know, maybe he's seen something, but I think it'll be a really interesting fight. I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. I'm thoroughly looking forward to doing the article on it for Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat. Something I love doing. I look forward to it every week. But yeah, it's a really interesting fight. And as a talking point, it's for the European title. So a lot of people see the European title as the last stage before someone in this continent will go for like a world title. So it's an exciting fight to look forward to. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing that. Developing something worth reading for the website. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to, to, to seeing a little piece on that coming through. Um, Ireland, uh, I've got a great show on Saturday in the National Stadium in Dublin, which is going to be shown on uh, Irish Channel TG4. Uh, I think you can catch it on YouTube as well, I believe. And John Bolger from Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat, relatively new to, to, to our platform, covering all the Irish branch uh, and Irish fights. He's going to be there covering that show from ringside and one of the previous guests of the podcasts, uh, Dylan Moran is going to be on there as well on that show he's fighting, he's just signed a really good deal which means he's going to have a lot of fights over in the USA so I'm really glad to see that You know, he's going to be there and I'll probably try and pick up with that on Sunday and me and John are going to be sitting down Sunday Monday night sorry, to do a bit of a review of the state of Irish boxing at the moment and, and obviously this particular show as well, so they've got another good show there and another fight on at the weekend then Greg, that I think think he's he's obviously going under the radar to the casual audience uh, over here in the UK is Alexander Gerdvik's defence of the light heavyweight title against a guy who I have completely never heard of in my life uh, as, a, as a fighter um, I can't I think it's Dudu um, I can't pronounce his name you're going to have a laugh at me do you, want, do you want me to do it because I've yeah. already embarrassed myself my absolutely so I'll continue the embarrassing um, thing on for myself, which I've already started. I believe it's Dudu Ngumbu. I think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Dudu Ngumbu, uh, I've, again, I've not heard of him, I've not seen any clips of him, I'm going to struggle to comment on how this fight will actually go down, but what I've seen of Gerdvik so far is, is he's just a great fighter, and he's come from that crop of fantastic Ukrainian fighters, uh, which include obviously Lamachenko and Usyk, so I, I am yep. going to try and tune in for that on Sunday, uh, when we get the sort of the highlights or the full fights go online, I'm going to definitely tune into that, because he's a guy that I've really been excited for coming from that crop of fighters and, and, and where he can go and some of the potential mega fights he can have so that's another big fight on this weekend really um, for, for, for anyone that listens and you know thinks oh, what else have we got on this weekend have we got anything else that's worth tuning into well that's worth tuning into if you're listening and you want to pick yeah. up on some of that as well so yeah we've got all that I think to be honest with you Greg I think we've kind of covered everything in terms of significant stuff boxing wise this coming weekend so I think that pretty much leaves us to go to the best part of the show and the part that really sort of gets people's attention which is to start talking about the news and the tweets and the social media stuff that goes out and this is the this is where your villainous side comes out now and this is the part I'm, uh, I've been most looking forward to about getting you on so is there anything then that you've took a note of that you really want to discuss that you're really passionate about discussing today 
Yes, absolutely, Sean. And I'm going to be probably very mainstream because I think it's a talking point. Um on everybody's lips in the UK is the standard of the shows. I think we're going to come to the Wilder Fury Joshua situation because I'm going to be honest with you, mate, that is absolutely infuriating me. I've got so much that I want to talk about on it, but I think um, as you know, I like, I like watching all the promotions. I like Frank Warren's cards. I like um, Eddie Hearn's cards, etc. I like the MTK shows who, by the way, before we move on, Sean, I just want to say, um, you said that you've got a fantastic relationship with MTK, and you know what? I'm going to back you up on that. I'm going to tell you a quick story about Friday before we quickly move on. Um, so I went up on Friday, and I was with my friend, as you know. He, he accompanies me a lot of the shows, good guy, helps me out with some things, etc. But... Um, I went up and they asked who I was. Oh, fantastic, right? Enjoy the show. My pal goes up next because he was getting his ticket there and then. And they turned around and they said to him, is this guy with you? I says, yeah, yeah. I says, that's, that's, that's my pal. And they upgraded him to VIP there and then. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this is fantastic. He's been, upgra- he's been upgraded. This is this is great. So just I, wanted to, I, I did want to go back and very quickly say that before we move on. I think um, that's uh, worth mentioning that your relationship with MTK is <laughs> very much a healthy one and I would say thank you to MTK for that because I had a great night on, on Friday, fantastic but however, moving on to the point um, Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren shows the dying, Sean they're the, the, the literally going down the pan at the moment and as you know, I watch a lot of interviews with Frank Warren, with Eddie Hearn and what it's been described as at the moment is a transition period, so we've lost Bellew, we've lost Groves We've lost the Gale. This is a period now where they're looking for the next big stars to come through. But I have to be honest, mate, it's, as much I'm really looking forward to some of the cards this week, you think a year or two back and we had Brooke Golovkin, we had world title fights every couple of weeks. That's not happening now. And I don't know if you can shed any more insight as to why you think that that is. But the fact of the matter is, that is the way that it is at the moment. And it's it's not good enough. It is not good enough. You make a very good point about the fact that it's something I've not brought up on the episodes before in the past couple of weeks. You make a very good point about the transitional period, and I think that is very significant. Um, you've got to think of what's happened in the past 12 months. You've mentioned some brilliant fighters that have retired now and have moved on, but then there's also yeah. the fact that the, the way people view boxing these days has changed, and with the whole zone streaming service situation changing the the landscape of the platform and going back to MTK and obviously they, they you know they're smaller hall but they're still providing a service at a certain level and people are, are viewing the fights in a completely different format and way now and, and for me that's what's kind of is streaming killing things off a little bit I don't know is it because they're stretching themselves so thin I feel like in particular with Hearn they're obviously trying to stretch themselves so thinly because they're trying to provide markets to different parts of the world now when you've got Matchroom USA Matchroom UK Matchroom Italy you know the shows that they do in Monte Carlo they're trying to cater to as as, as many audiences as they possibly can and for me personally it's it is massively affecting what we get quality wise in the UK. Uh, I mean, and it's not even like Frank Warren's doing that. So where why Frank Warren's shows are 
at times diminishing a little bit. It makes me wonder because they've now got this obviously deal signed with with BT Sport and then the, you know top ranker involved now as well. So yeah. fights are going to be shown yeah. on ESPN. So American audience wise, yeah, fantastic, but. How how thinly are these cards going to end up being spread? And 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 that's kind of my issue is when we sat here today at the start of the show talking about this card in Liverpool being probably the best one of the year so far on paper. It's it's quite a sad state of affairs because if you think back to a couple of years ago, like you were just alluding to there, actually, you know, some of these fights had three or four big major titles on the line in in you know in these fight nights and. The stars on the show were were all in their own right marquee names, and as a result, Absolutely. and as a result of that, you were getting a huge viewership base. You know, every, you know, week in, week out, or every other week, like you were saying, we are, you know, we having shows every other week with world titles on the line, and it it feels like there's a lot of things killing it off at the moment. And I agree, to, I agree to an extent that you're actually saying. You know, are they starting to get worse, and we're starting to lose the quality of them? And I don't think there's just one contributing factor. I'm, I'm, I can't sit here and say there's one thing definitively that's causing this. There's a number of things that are causing this. A number of surrounding factors that are causing the the, the, the shows to diminish. How, how? What is the solution? Well, I don't know at this moment in time. I don't know because they're not going to bring it back, are they? They, you know, they're at the point where. They've got no. to. They've got to go through with this deal. They've got to go through with their promise to, you know, what they're contractually obliged to go through with. So that's going to mean for at least the next eighteen, twenty-four months, this is going to be the the sad state of affairs and the the whole issue with Joshua Wilder and Fury being on completely different networks as well. It's one of the things I I listened to this week was obviously Costello, Mike Costello on on BBC on their podcast that they do and he what he made a very very great point about the fact that what was supposed to be maybe one of the best heavyweight eras in such a long time could potentially be one of the worst because of the whole networks and deals uh, fighters are not going to end up being able to fight each other the best fight the best it's, it's not going to happen unless no. unless they can all come to terms and I've said this I've said this a few times in in different episodes I don't think it's going to happen and that's going to be an absolute no. huge shame yeah no I, I, I totally agree with you make a great point there and do you know for me what it's down to Sean <laughs> it, he was selling out stadiums for Joshua he was selling out the O2 Frank Warren I know that he obviously lost his Sky contract but he's made some fantastic signings and Josh Warrington Carol Frampton etc boxing was really healthy in the country and I think that and it's I'm not going to blame Eddie here and I do think the blame does lie with him um, I'm not going to blame him because I think people have seen the job that he's done in this country and they've thought I want some of that here as in the USA and I think the way that it's going to change going back to your point is there's going to need to be some financial collapse in America I think that's where the change is going to come from now whether this is true or not I've heard that Showtime are leaving themselves thin when it comes to bank account etc I don't know if that's true or if that's just one promoter trying to get a leg up on the other etc I have heard that they're running a bit thin I heard that if Wilder didn't stay with them then they were going to be in deep trouble um, but I think that's what it is I think it all started off with the success that Eddie Hearn had in this country. And now you've got Frank Warren taking the 
the, the American contract that he's got now. A lot of fighters are saying, you know what, the money in America is crazy. I want some of that. And you can't blame them. And I've watched recent interviews with some guys like Frank Warren, like Eddie Hearn, and they're saying that fighters are coming to them now. And they're saying, I want some of that American pie. Excuse, <laughs> excuse the pun. Um, but that's, that seems to be what it is. It seems to be all about a dollar. Now, Sean, I know that money has always been an important thing, but you look at, and you know, from me and you speaking personally, I think the best heavyweight out of them all is Joshua. Is Joshua my favourite heavyweight? No, my favourite heavyweight is Tyson Fury. Do I think Tyson Fury beats Joshua now? No, I don't. But what is Tyson Fury doing? I mean, yes, good on him for signing that multi-million pound contract, but you can't be slagging guys like Jonathan when you're fighting Tom Schwartz, with all due respect. Yeah. Would you not agree? No, no, I've said this on Monday's episode, um, and, and much to my surprise, I was surprised that he was ranked quite highly by the WBO, which people were speculating that if he beats Schwartz, that will automatically put him into them rankings that he's not already in, which then puts him in a position to potentially fight Joshua, uh, as in Tyson Fury will then eventually become the mandatory for Joshua's title. Yeah, yeah, you can see the... Uh, I don't want to stick the boot in too much. I want to keep it quite fan-friendly, but you can see where I'm going to go with this. So, Tyson Fury, if you look down the chain, so he's looked after by Frank Warren. I know he's obviously got the other ties and things now. Frank Warren. Who's Frank Warren's favourite governing body? It's the Warren Box Night Organisation, <laughs> i.e. the World Box Organisation. So, there you go. Tom Schwartz is highly ranked. So, is that going to come down to that they are now favouring the Joshua fight over Wilder because they feel that there's more money to be made in the Joshua fight, which there probably is. But, Sean, it's, Sean, it's just an infuriating situation because I'm not... I hate to sound like a Maxim fanboy because I'm I'm a very, very neutral guy. I don't have any allegiances. I already said to you my favourite heavyweight is Tyson Fury. But Maxim are running the show when Vladimir Klitschko was world heavyweight champion. See if someone like... I don't know, I'm trying to think of a decent heavyweight for that time. Tony Thompson, just say for example, if Tony Thompson managed somehow to get his hands on a version of the title and was demanding that him and Klitschko was a 50-50 split, he'd have been laughed out of town. He would have absolutely been laughed out of town. Now, I understand that different fighters bring different things. They, they all do. But how, how builder or Fury think that they merit a 50-50 with Joshua. It, it, it's, going to, it's killing me inside. Everybody's got an opinion, but Joshua's selling out 80, 90,000 seat of stadiums. He's the, the unified world heavyweight champion. He's earned the right to be the majority, the majority vote and the the splits. It's it, it, I can't I can't get my head around it. I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't know if you if you can understand it any better than me. But I must sit and I think about it every night and I think, well, you know, Wilder's got a belt, so he could probably demand a little bit more a little bit more coming at the table now do you know what Fury was the world heavyweight champion a lot of people still class him as being lineal maybe that's why he feels like he's got more of a on things but set aside from those two points alone when you look at commercial side of things they don't they don't hold a light to Joshua and that unfortunately that's a massive massive point in this day and age is the commercial value yeah it is and I've said this before uh, and I'll make this this comment again that you could put Anthony Joshua in with uh, a broom out of the cupboard in uh, in the ring and it'd sell out 90,000 people at Wembley Stadium because that's the brand they've built over the last five six years with Anthony Joshua that's the difference between Wilder Fury and Joshua is that Joshua has got this huge 
huge brand now. It's not just Anthony Joshua the fighter anymore. It's Anthony Joshua the brand, and yeah. the endorsements he has as a result of that brand, and that is why yeah. he sells out because he's 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 known so heavily, you know, in the UK, and he's starting to get a reputation, which is why they've done the Miller fight. Which is, you know, going on to that. I don't agree that Miller was the the you know the choice of opponent that everybody wanted to see. However, he needs to make. A, a bigger impact stateside and by doing that by beating an American fighter who's highly ranked and been given an opportunity at the world title he's getting his name out there a bit more and from a business standpoint I can understand why they're doing that and why they're making that type of a move from a from a fan perspective it's not really the fight I wanted to see at this stage of his career I'd like to have seen something bigger but I've got yeah. to look I've got personally I've got to look at the positives of it and think he's going to America if he gets a good win, a devastating win, a devastating knockout over Miller, then people will in America will start to warm up to him wanting to fight Wilder and then so on and yep. so forth. And that's kind of where they're trying to go. And obviously we've discussed Fury where they're trying to go, you know, what it looks like they're trying to do. The only one that we've not talked about is where Wilder and where the hell he goes. He's fighting Brazil. Yep. Uh, I expect a win uh, against Brazil yep. and an interesting fight. But where when where does he go then? You know what what's left for him then? You know do we do we want to see the rematch with with Fury? Yeah, of course we do. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. We wanted to see him with with Joshua. That's not happened because of what you said earlier. The whole I want fifty fifty. You know I I am just as big a fighter as you. When in reality that's never been the case with Wilder. So we can't ask for that level of 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 split in a purse if you you walk down the street and nobody knows who the hell you are in in America. For, so yep. for, for for me that's a key Absolutely. factor that's a key factor in it so as much as, as as we hate what's going on it's like one big game of boxing chess at the moment and it's about where the promoters are putting the pieces on the board and that's that's kind of we are suffering as fans we're suffering as a result of this however we're not you know we're not the ones that are going in the ring and putting our lives on the line we're not the promoters trying we're not the promoters trying to put these shows on and trying to get these deals sorted we're just the fans yeah. essentially and we're just the ones that have got to kind of you know I've always said boxing fans get get shit on the worst in in most sports I think in any sport out there yeah. I think boxing fans get it the worst to be honest with you so yeah it's um it's it's a shit situation we uh, it's not going to change anytime soon we've just got to kind of take what we've got while we've got it and if it means we end up losing what could have been the best heavyweight era for a long time and I said a few, I actually said that uh, a few months ago uh, I th- I thought this year could be one of the best years in heavyweight boxing in history, and this was prior to all these deals being made. Now these deals have been yep. made. I feel this could end up being one of the worst now in in, in heavyweight boxing history. And oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know, it could have been the best year. It's probably not going to be the best year because of what's happened, and we might never get the fights we want to see. And that's just hugely disappointing. And I can understand why he's so frustrated about it, to be honest. And yeah, it's, I've talked about it so much, Greg. I've talked about it so much that I just I exhaust myself kind of mentally trying to talk about these situations because we can't change them. And as fans, we've just got to kind of, as much as we don't want to, we don't like it, we've just got to deal with it, I suppose. Yeah, just got to take with, with what you're given. 
And see, the thing is, um, we're probably bulk, that big boxing fans that, unfortunately, we're probably going to take what we're given and we're still going to find a way to enjoy it. I mean, you look at the way me and you spoke at the beginning of the programme about the Liverpool show. Although the cards aren't what they were doing three years ago, I'm absolutely buzzing about the Liverpool card. I'm thoroughly looking forward to it and I think it's just because of our love for boxing. You have the thought of these guys, are they going to go somewhere? Are they going to get onto the world stage? Are they going to go in and win big fights? Are they going to go to America and challenge Nelos and your monkeys again? Things is that possible? So you're always watching it, and you've got a background reason for watching it. Me personally, when I watch these kind of fights, I just like to see how far these guys can go. Are they going to be like we spoke about earlier? The next grows to go at this present moment in time. I'll be honest, and this isn't any disrespect to the guys in the country. Buatsi looks very special to me. Like he looks like I wasn't a huge believer before Saturday, but it's an absolute animal, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sat and I watched very closely on Saturday and I thought, right, this guy's done a bit of a hype plane. I've seen him, he seems alright, but he totally lifted at a level. Now, I know that he was fighting well to respect Liam Conroy, and I said he really, really impressed him Conroy on Saturday. He was not phased one bit about fighting. But actually, the way that Blessy took him apart was unbelievable, but I think going forward in this country, I think we've got guys to look forward to, like Boatsy. Um I'm still, I still harm haw over um, Josh Kelly. I think Josh Kelly could be the good, but I want to see him in with someone who really asks some questions, and I want to see how he comes through it. Um, Fowler, Fowler could go on to be something good. I think that Fowler's biggest thing is if he comes up against a guy who's a really good boxer, that could be potentially really harming for him. But I think there is some some guys in the country. Um, our very own Josh Taylor up here. I think Josh Taylor could be good. I do think that Progre is a really hard fight for him. I know a lot of people think he's going to walk through Progre. I personally don't. I think Progre is a really under, underrated fighter. But it's going to be interesting to see what guys do take us to the next level in boxing and who can we look forward to seeing because me and you are very different in each one and you'll remember the Hatton Kalzagi room and mm. how exciting those nights were and Ricky Hatton's fighting Kawazo and this is stepping up away. If he wins this he might get Mayweather. Those days seem so far gone and you can't see where the next one's coming from. But as a big fan like yourself, you sit and you always prep that next day coming and you think, I hope it really does come and I'm gonna watch and I'm I'm gonna take everything in and let's just like this. Man, you know what? Like you when you say it like that and you, you, you make you remind me of some of the greatest nights as a boxing fan I have ever have ever come across as as a near thirty three nearly thirty three year old man who's watched boxing <laughs> since the early nineties and, and been a fan since the early nineties and watched some of the biggest fights in, in boxing history. You know, for me, when you put it like that, it kind of puts it into perspective about actually if you're a you know a ten ten year old upwards lad of Ogil who enjoys boxing and you, you, yeah. you're, not, you're not really getting what you think is amazing in today's boxing scene is is not really amazing as what it was 10-15 years ago when you said you had the fight nights involving Hatton, you had the fight nights involving people like Joe Calzaghe you know, these were were two of the big names in the country, I mean even just going back a few years ago to even when Frotch's had his big nights as well and the ones that he won't let yeah. us the ones that he won't let us ever forget, you know, these are these are still only a few years old and now, a few yeah. years down the line, we we you know, we're kind of looking at it thinking, this matchroom card on Saturday, is this, is this the best we're going to get? Is this the best 
best show of the year so far. And it's actually, you know, quite sad to think about it, to be honest, when you think about some of the fights we've seen as fans over the years and fight cards we've seen over the over the years. It's, it's, in comparison, now it kind of feels a bit inferior and... Uh, I, I'm not. Yep. Tr- I'm not trying to hate on this card because I do genuinely think it's a very good card, and I am looking forward to it. But it does make you think about how much boxing has changed in some ways from the better, in some ways for the worst. And because of the whole change in the, in the in the trend and what you were talking about, and going over to America for the for the dollar, it means that we're suffering. The UK is suffering, and is. I mean, Richard Thomas did an article yesterday for Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat, and he was asking the question. How as the uh, US streaming service or the US streaming craze starting to kill off boxing in general in heavy, in, especially in the heavyweight division so yeah, th- yeah. Th- there's lots of questions to be asked uh, and, and we're all going to have our opinions on them and we're never going to get the right answer but something that I've just had in my mind that I wanted to touch on with you actually and this is just a bit of gossip and speculation Vladimir Klitschko being offered a deal with the zone for 60 million and to, to come out of retirement and, and fight Wilder oh wow I actually seen something about that today. Actually, seen, um, that's that's quite interesting. Um, I'm going to be honest. I would need to see what he's like in training and things now. I believe that he's the kind of guy that would keep himself in shape and all that kind of thing. But see, he is that guy, and he is still keeping himself in shape. For me, he goes straight into being second, third best heavyweight in the world straight away. I mean, I was going to say second, but I was forgetting there for a second that the. Um, they had the loss to Fury. Even though he wasn't his best, I, I, I did love that night. I, I remember sitting with Fury T-shirt on and things. Nothing against Vlad. It's just there's a guy from Britain that nobody really had a lot of time for. He wasn't the first name on everybody's lips. And he went over to Germany and he took the World Heavyweight title against a guy that hadn't been beat in 10 years, which was phenomenal in itself. But I'd be really interested to see where that one goes. I wouldn't like to see Klitschko go straight in with Wilder. I think I'd maybe like him to see him go in with like a Christian Hammer and then go in with um I'm trying to think of someone that's maybe fringe world level. Someone like um I was gonna say Tom Schwartz, but let's not go there. <laughs> someone along that along those lines and then go in with Wilder because I'm gonna be honest, Sean, I think that he could have won that fight with Joshua. If he played his cards a little bit better, he had Joshua already wanted him at yep. one stage. And I remember I remember being in my local sports club watching that fight and I know you can't read too much into what the bookmakers and things say but I remember at one point Vlad after he decked Joshua this was still around or two later he was like 1-50 to 50 on with the bookies still to go in and win that fight and I think at the end of stage he found, a, he found another gear but I'd be so interested to see Vlad make back I, I, I think it'd be good for the sport what about yourself? It's, uh, it's a 50-50 sort of you know I'm I'm, I'm sort of some some parts of me feels like it'd be a fantastic addition to the, the, the heavyweight division because of the struggles that we're now going to get because of all these deals and then another part of me feels like well he's had his day and you know he was a world champion for a very long time made a lot of successful defences and I think because he keeps himself in such phenomenal shape uh, for his age I think people could buy into the fact he could come back and compete at the highest level however as I say that age always catches up with you and again he's yep. been out he's been out of the ring now for another what, what was it when was the uh, Joshua Klitschko fight was it 16 2016 or 2017 oh, I 
thought it was 2017. Um, so it's, it's been over. It's probably been over two round about the two year mark. Anyway. So again, he's been out of the ring for a very long period of time. Even if he has been training behind closed doors, and we we you know we don't really publicly know that. It, it, this, yeah. you, you know yourself, it's different. You go in the gym and you train and you train and you train, but when you get in the ring on fight night, it's a totally different ball game. It's totally different. You know, getting the sort of the level of stamina for for a fight against the level of stamina in the gym is is people don't believe this but it is it is actually different because once you get into to fight mode you've got so much to think about and so much to concentrate on you know you've got to concentrate on the fact that you're not going to punch yourself out too quickly you've got to concentrate on the fact that you're you're trying to draw a lead out from your opponent you've got to concentrate on that so much mentally that physically you do start to get tired and the guy of Vladimir Klitschko's age no matter how physical he keeps himself in his body naturally is is going to slightly decline year upon year so for me for me personally it's it's like do I want to see him end up hurt as a person no because no. I think he's he's a, he's a lovely guy and what he does outside of the ring for, for various charities is, is fantastic and I wouldn't want to see the guy get hurt but on the other side of the coin yeah. on the other side of the coin for me I would want to see him come in there knock someone out that we've been talking about like a Joseph Parker <laughs> you know yeah. um, he knocks out a Joseph Parker or you know he comes back and knocks out Stillian White you know Something like that. Something like that would then make a big statement to me, and then I'd be like, actually, he's still got something left, and he could still give one of these guys problems again. Do you know? And that that for me personally Absolutely. would be would be good in that from that perspective, and people would buy into that, and casual audiences would buy into it because they know the name Klitschko. So yes, it would sell. If if I was Vladimir, uh, Vladimir I'd be thinking, you know, how many fights did he want out of me? How much are they going to give me per fight? Can I pick? at least one or two of them fights before I have to fight one of the big guys where I could get hurt in yeah take yeah. it you know what I mean if he fights two Tom Schwartzes or two Christian Hammers before he fights Wilder then he'll have made a shitload of money and yep. you know there's no telling what he could do in a fight with Wilder he could beat Wilder do you know what I mean we don't know we're never going to know unless it actually yeah. happens so it's it's a very interesting prospect and uh, as, as a fan I'm half and half on whether he should come back or he shouldn't and it's only going to be one of them where time will tell whether or not if he comes back if it has been worth taking that risk for me um, but Greg is there any other news that we've not talked about we focused a lot on the heavyweight stuff and we focused a lot about streaming and the quality of shows is there anything else uh, in, in this week's news that you wanted to discuss on the show um, I sat last night and I watched um, as you know I'm a, I'm a sucker for see the, the big long interviews with like Frank Ward and Eddie Hearn. I watched a couple of those last night and I just think um, it'll be really interesting just to see how the second half of the year goes because I feel like we're only just getting warmed up. I don't feel like we've had that significant night this year. As of yet, I would like to see how Canelo Jacobs goes um, in the fourth. Is, is it the fourth of me, that one? Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see how that goes. I'd like to see who Golovkin comes back in with. I think that would be really, really interesting because I, I did have the kind of feeling that Golovkin... <laughs> Canelo in the second fight might have just been getting Golovkin at the right time, but if he comes back and he's a sure, a sure he'll knock out inside six rounds, people are still asking for that fight now, but 
people will be asking for it immediately. I want the third fight because as much as I thought that GGG won the first fight, I thought Canelo slightly just edged the second one. I think if he comes back and makes a statement and shows that he's still a big force to be reckoned with, I think the third fight is there for everyone that they would like to see it. I know it's the two fights have been some of the best fights that I've seen in years. It takes you back to the, the, the Hagler-Leonard or the Hagler-Hearns era, etc. Those kind of fights, yeah, maybe they weren't as dramatic in terms of the knockdowns and the all the things that goes on with those fights, but it was one of those fights because of how hard Golovkin hits and because of how much... I can't believe how much Canelo's improved. I think he's an absolutely fantastic fighter. It, it keep the, the, Those kind of fights, they keep, they keep you glued, they keep watching them because you think, if I blink, I'm going to miss something. So I think that middleweight scene and throwing, although he stepped up a weight, Saunders, if he decides that he ever wanted to come back down, etc. It's just, it's an interesting time round about the middleweight division. I wouldn't like at this present moment in time to be a, a contender in the middleweight division because I don't know if you would know yourself where you're going to pick up a title from because it's quite a stacked division in terms of the guys that hold the titles. I mean, Andrade, I've not even mentioned him. So I think it's an exciting time, that division as well. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a very hot division in boxing at the moment and there is a, there's a lot to look forward to, I think, with, with the middleweight division. And Billy Joe Saunders fighting up at super middleweight is something I wanted to briefly talk on as well. Uh, obviously, he's finally got that confirmation that he's going to be fighting for the vacated uh, WBO title. Uh, is it the end? I think it's the interim, isn't it? The one that it, it's it's the interim, yeah. yeah. Because um, Ramirez can't make his mind up with what he wants to do. I think he is eventually going to move up, but it's for the interim at the moment. So we've got that fight coming up, and that is because they can't get <laughs> because they can't get a decent location. They're ending up fighting at Stevenage Football Club's ground, which is quite funny. I found that quite hilarious yeah. when I seen that press release uh, yesterday. I was like, "Oh, okay, fair enough." You know, that's what they want to do. Warren shows are declining even more. They're fighting at Stevenage Football Club now. <laughs> Did you see the way that Warren reacted to? Cook and Cassius question them on the the license and things for the the fight in the stadium. Oh no, no, please! Did you say that? No, please oh, tell me. Mate, you, need, mate, you need to watch this. It's it's comedy gold. It's um, so Cook and Cassius, and then as you probably know yourself, a lot of fights they require licenses to take place at certain venues and things. Yeah. And Cook and Cassius basically just said to him, "So is the license in place as of yet?" And Warren said, "It's imminent." And basically, Cook and Cassius said, "So." It's not. And um, Warren said, yeah, but these things happen in boxing all the time. It will be granted. And he said, right, okay, but do you not think it would have been a good idea to announce the fight once the licence had been granted? And Warren turned around and went like, what, what are you making a big deal of that for? Now, that's something I actually wanted to come and discuss, actually. That's a really good point on um, the thing about Stevenage because it's reminded me of something else I wanted to speak to you about in terms of these kind of events. Have you heard the... And you might know this because, I mean, you do a great job for each sleep box and repeat. I didn't realise that this would have been the case until lately, but supposedly there's some promoters out there who will tell guys ahead of interviews what they can ask and what they can't. And I think Coogan Cassius has had that much stick lately because he really puts it to Eddie Hearn, really puts it to him and asks him things that he probably shouldn't. But you can see that there's a sense of intimidation when it comes to Frank Warren. He's going to ask him it. And that, that totally evidenced it for me because when when um, when Coogan Cassius went on about the, the licence to fight at Stevenage's stadium, it totally pissed Warren off. You could see that it really annoyed him. And I thought, well, here, hold on, not everything Eddie Hearn 
says is probably tongue-in-cheek. Some is probably quite true. So that really interested me, the licence part. It's worth watching. If you go on and you have a look, you, you'll come across it. It's a very quick thing. It doesn't explode or anything, but you can see you're really angry and it, it kind of snaps at his responses. What are you making a big deal of that for? I was like, whoa. <laughs> You know me, I love a bit of drama in a sport, so yeah. I, I loved watching it. I was like, look at this, look at this. Well, <laughs> I can tell you firsthand that the experiences I've had of dealing with fighters and speaking to fighters and promoters and all the rest of it is I think one of the biggest mistakes promoters do seem to make is either announcing uh, a fight before a license has been granted or announcing uh, a fighter on their show before their medical has been completely passed as well Uh, because what sometimes happens and I've seen it happen before is for a fighter for example if a fighter's you know, being announced on the show, they're on the fight posters, they're being promoted, and then the week before the British Boxing Board of Control says, no, there's been uh, an anomaly in your medical and we can't grant you a licence until after this date, which means all that promotion has been for nothing, that fighter doesn't fight, yeah. they've, they've sold tickets, they've got to then refund all them tickets, it's an absolute logistical nightmare, and it, Coogan Cassius, as, as much of his, he's turned himself into more more of a celebrity than a than a than an interviewer these days. He's um, <laughs> yeah. he, he, you know he does ask the right questions, and that's that's with all the experience he's got. He ask he probes people in the right way that he says what people want to know about. He asks difficult questions, and when people like Frank Warren, you know, he's right in, in asking him that. So why why announce why announce a show at a venue that you haven't got a license for yet? Why do that? Why announce a fighter on a show that has hasn't passed their medical or is, is unlikely to pass their medical or you know of something that's going to end up being a problem for you as a promoter you're creating more shit than what it's worth and i don't understand it from my perspective um i i don't promote so i you know they could tell me something different but what i think it is is because they want to get as much attention to their show as possible so by announcing it exactly. announcing it at this point even though the, some of the background stuff hasn't been fully completed yet it means that you know, it's going to get interest. Is he's going to sell tickets? He's uh, going to get a TV deal or whatever. You know, they're doing it to try and get all this security of, of the surrounding contributing things to the show before they've even got some of the things that are actually critical for the show to even go ahead. And for me, it's 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 you can't guarantee it. Basically, what Warren's saying and no. that what he's saying in that interview, from what you've described to me, there is that he knows it's going to get granted, so he's not really that bothered. So that's why he's going to announce it but what happens if they turn around and don't grant the license for that show to happen at Stevenage Football Club he's, he's bollocks and he looks an even bigger dickhead than he did before when he was asked about that in the first place so for, for yeah. me for me it's just it comes down to a lot of it of, of common sense but I'm looking at it from my perspective and I don't know what the promoters do to to, 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 to kind of get to this point and I just, I'm just assuming that it's because they want to try and promote the show and sell a load of tickets make a load of money get the fighters on the cards and deal with everything as it comes as opposed to kind of having it all prepared beforehand which is obviously part of the fight game and, and obviously happens a lot and it's not something that's well publicised for obvious reasons because you see a lot of it all the time where shows are pulled at the last minute or with three days notice is because these things 
happening in the background that people don't know about. So yeah, you're right. It's 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 good questioning on an interview, and I mean it's not something I've personally come across myself uh, or had to interview someone about. But in terms of what you were saying earlier about asking difficult questions and people having you know like people like Frank Warren saying I want to see the video before it goes out and I want you to cut this this and this out. Well, that's yeah. that's just something I would personally never do because why do the interview if you're only going to make it selective to that promoter why do it what's the point you people yeah. p- p- you do it because you want people to watch it you want to get the views you want people to to see this sort of stuff and if it's only going to be a, a edited to you know or heavily edited then it's not really what you're about as a platform and that's just me personally speaking that's just what i, I didn't create a platform to to go and interview people that i'm going to really heavily edit I'm, i want people to feel it's real and know it's real and not feel it's it's fake and pretend and staged and put on and and that's why i say it all on these podcasts because people get to yeah. listen to these opinions and think to yourself you know what you're absolutely right or you're absolutely wrong so yeah that's my yeah. thoughts on it anyway yeah no no totally agree with you i, I can't disagree with anything you say it's like I mean yourself have come on the podcast tonight we know that we're going to be talking about Liverpool show and what's happening at the weekend but it's it's very much a role with it we'll just see where it goes what comes up in conversation etc these kind of scripted um, interviews what you can say what you can't say what you can ask and can't ask it it, it, it makes it pretty much boring because it, it doesn't matter whether you watch different platforms they're all going to be asking very very similar questions yep. and you're not going to watch it if you've just seen another broadcast asking the exact same question so uh, I, I, I totally agree with you I just think it's um it's a bit of a nonsense really but yeah it'll be interesting to see though where, where Saunders goes if he comes through that which let's be honest he probably should I think as if he's, um, he's he's a decent enough fighter he's got a couple of decent names on the record he's never lost at super middleweight etc but Saunders really should come through that and I think what Warren is hoping for is that Ramirez will vacate and move up to like heavyweight which will mean either one or two things um, Saunders will get more full champion or he might have to have one more fight which I don't see it being against someone who is extremely I haven't say eligible for beating Saunders but put it this way if it's going to get announced if he needs to come through one more fight after it's if it, I don't see it being somebody like David Benavides or Jesse Hart except I don't see it being one of those kind of guys I could maybe see it being somebody like Arthur Abraham or maybe Bremer or uh, that's if they take it by the way or somebody like Peter Quillen who back in the day was a really really good fighter in the middleweight but he's 35 approaching 36 now I don't see it being someone who is really really capable of beating Saunders at this point in his career so maybe it's smart work from Warren because it's at the end of the day Sean as we talk, as we talk about the casual audience they're going to buy into whatever's on the television see Frank Warren says I've got the world super middleweight champion a lot of the time if, if you see people or you speak to people out in the street and they've not got a great background knowledge of boxing all they're going to say is well Frank Warren's got the world super middleweight champion so it may be a smart bit of business you never know yeah no absolutely 100% I, I, to- I totally agree with you on that one um, is there anything else you wanted to bring up as well today I'm giving you the, I'm giving you free reign to speak about what you want today <laughs> Um, I'll be honest at this present moment in time I think everything that is in the front of our mind we have kind of discussed I think that the the big things for me as we spoke about was the shit that we're being delivered in the country at the moment compared to what we had over the past couple of years the Wilder Joshua Fury merry-go-round is just 
an absolute joke and infuriating. But I want to try and stay positive and think, right, do you know what? A lot of these fights might get made. A lot of these big fights, they could happen. Like you say, going back to the Joshua situation very quickly, if he does come through Miller and there's that big fight in America, I think the two things that are going to make this fight happen are peer pressure from the public. Guys like me and you talking about it. People listening to the podcast going, well, we heard this being said. So why is that not being made? The more people that talk about it, the more pressure it's going to be to be made. And it will get to the point, this is something that's really underrated. The most powerful people in boxing is guys like me and yourself, guys who are also paying public who go and watch these fights. See, after Brazil, if Wilder takes on someone like, I don't know, um, someone that's not, I'm not going in, but be disrespectful, somebody that's not in the, the front of our mind, people are going to start going, oh, do you know what? No, I'm not going to watch that. I'm going to go and watch football, I'm going to go and watch darts, I'm going to go and watch something else. So if these things happen, then the people who are looking after them, because they're money men, they're going to get forced into these fights. But I think that's the way that they're going to get made. They need to be forced. And I think we, we just need to stay really positive about how things are going to go forward in the future. We've got a lot to look forward to. World Boxing Super Series. A lot of big fights coming up. And there's been a part of sleep boxing repeat. I'm just, I just, I just want to see how, how far things can go, where we, where we can go as a team and develop and, and how to take part in all these opportunities because although it is a negative point that boxing isn't where it once was lately, well, maybe this is a perfect opportunity for guys like me and you to take boxing by a scruff of the neck when it isn't at its best. So when it does come back round and it does become bigger again, they're going to turn around and go, well, there's guys who have stuck with boxing through the, the hard times. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm positive about it all. I think that it is really shit, but when things are shit, they can only get better. And I'm sure you can agree with that. No, absolutely. I think once you hit sort of the bottom of the pile, you, there's only one way to go and that's up, isn't it? And it's the same when you're at the top of the mountain. There's only one way you're going to go and that's down. So I think we're at yep. a point where we're sort of in between, I think, at the moment in terms of where boxing is uh, at this moment in time. And I think it will... I think it will maybe maybe slightly decline before it rises again. Um, people will yep. say people will say the boxing's at the best state it's ever been in, but that's open to interpretation. That's depending upon what you like as a as a fan, uh, as a journalist, as what, what whatever capacity you're in. It's depending on what you what experience and what levels you've been at, you know, in that capacity. So that's what I think. And, and obviously, we we really enjoy doing what we do. So at the end of the day, we want to be passionate and involved and have a have a have an outlet to. to give that sort of information and opinions on so I'm really happy to 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 have had you on today and finally sort of been yeah. able to sit down and, and have a proper chat about it all and a real in-depth conversation and I've got to be honest this is the longest episode we've done uh, for, for, a, for a long time <laughs> <laughs> this is the longest I'll one we, we, we've, we've, we've done a long one today but I, I think it's it's been a very valid one and it's, it's brave. we've raised a lot of points on the episode and a lot of things that we've gone real detail into and I think people that are genuine boxing fans uh, that are not just looking for the clickbait or the the headline grabbing stuff and actually want to know the ins and outs of 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 boxing then this is you know this is a perfect conversation to to listen into really and and get some valid opinionated points on it so i've really enjoyed the chat and i've really enjoyed having you on and i'm sure the the listeners will have enjoyed hearing someone else's thoughts and your thoughts on the particular situations and what you think and I think really it kind of leads me nicely into the the, the final 
closing of the show and obviously for guys that follow us on BTR Boxing Podcast they know of EC Boxing Repeat because I tell it every week where can they find yourself on Twitter if they want to find some of the work that you've been doing yeah so um, on Twitter I'm at CND Golf November Delta <laughs> I forgot that there it's part of my job every day explaining that um, so GND1989 so you can see a lot of my opinions and things on, on, on there but as a like a social platform I'm very much a member of Sleepbox and Repeat like yourself Sean I do bits and bobs here for the World Boxing Mall but mostly these days um, I'll be found doing work for each Sleepbox and Repeat so on Twitter most of the time I'll shed my opinions and things on there tie in with you guys so yeah that's where i can be found so guys obviously that have listening to the podcast thank you for sticking with us it's been a longer episode than what we normally uh like we normally do and, and i hope you've enjoyed it and i hope um i hope you've enjoyed the the opinions of myself and greg and if you have obviously please let us know and drop us a tweet you can find us at btr boxing pod or at esb repeat on twitter and easy boxing repeat on all other platforms as well and you can find us on podbean apple podcast stitcher player fm all the good podcasting apps out there find us on there subscribe to us whichever platform you're on give it a share across social media it's the best way of getting truly independent content out to the masses so thanks very much for coming on greg's been a pleasure thank you to everybody that's listened. thank you to everybody that's listening today uh we'll see you next time we'll have a chat about more quality shows Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.